Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, so so Luke Dix, welcome to Bearded Podcast. Um, do me a favor, just introduce yourself, who you are, what is you uh, that makes you tick, your favorite like kind of things to keep your mental state up high and elevated and fun. So Luke, twenty eight. Uh... But sort of an athletic, an athletic man to a point. Um, it's been a long time coming, mind. But uh, yeah, no. So I've uh, been on a big weight loss journey. That's probably my biggest thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've been uh, through the roller coaster of life as much as a twenty-eight-year-old kind of them. Obviously, there's probably more roller coasters out there, but more scarier ones. But everyone's a roller coaster to a point in that. Yeah, yeah, we all got some random shit to deal with at some point. And there's, they say, as your kids get older, there's there's more shit to come. My daughter, in a minute, she's very much like an early version of Kevin from, um, like Kevin and Perry. Like, <laughs> she's, she's such a like whinger and a moaner. And it's like, oh. She's That's ten. So yeah, we, yeah, she's just argumentative, back chatty, rude to her brother, and it's like you're not even a teenager yet. We've got so much trouble. Heading our way. Um, say my son Arnie, he's a five-year-old boy going on six. I think uh, you can tell he's got a strong personality. I don't know where he gets it from, mind, but stern in his ways. Stern in his ways. So here, yeah. the, um, your weight loss journey then, what's what's instigated that? So uh, from a young age, I've always been uh, rather plump, shall we say. I was a uh, well circumference, the curvature of the spine, which maybe made the uh, belly go the wrong way, shall we say? Yeah. Uh, yeah no. So, I mean, growing up, I've always been basically whatever age I was, my sort of the weights on the scale sort of reflected that 11, 11 stone, 12, 12 stone to a point. And I mean, my heaviest I ever noticed myself at was 169 kilos, which was yeah. basically 28 stone. Wow. So I was a unit, but not a unit in a good way. And, yeah. Uh, so you get to a point where just walking up a flight or two of stairs, and you're having to stand at the top of them for five minutes just to get your breath back. Yeah. Just to wipe the sweat from your brow before you walk into an office, before you go and speak to whoever you're going to speak to. It's just comes embarrassing, makes you sort of look in the mirror and think, nah, now's the time to change. Yeah. So was there was there any like particular event, or was it just um, the more frequent occurrences of noticing that? So I mean, growing up, um, I was always bigger. Obviously, I was sort of the man who liked to please everyone. So although I got bullied, I sort of wasn't bullied on a really severe level because I got along with everyone to a point. Um, but personally, like you'd notice stuff like the sores get, where the rolls are overhanging so much you're just just from walking around you're getting sores and you're having to put pseudo cream talc i mean i swear at one point i had shares and talc the amount of talc <laughs> i was putting on yeah just to try and you know just soothe the pain so that sort of made me realize that i need to do something so at the age of sort of 10 i got involved in rugby yeah and where i was such a lump at the age of 10 it was give the big kid the ball and he would just walk through the whole team and score. <laughs> it was sort of like that for years and years and years until everyone else caught up with me head height, like height-wise. 
obviously weight wise everyone's sort of a lot leaner yeah and i'm just still the big the old miley cyrus wrecking ball trying to run through them all all the time you know (laughs) but like i say so yeah i was just round circumference noticing that the quality of life wasn't where it should be for a man of that age yeah so is it something like even running around with with arnie things like that that challenging that makes you think like I, I need to be more physically available yeah so I mean obviously my, he's five now so when he, when he arrived I, I put on an awful lot of weight because gym stopped everything stopped so sort of maybe six months to a year of him being here was when I noticed that I got up to 28 stone yeah and you're sort of thinking to yourself, I've just I just started a new job at the time of his arrival anyway. And that was when it occurred to me because I on my first day at the job, I'm walking out, it was three flights of stairs to get to the, the division of the company that I was working for. So I'm walking up to the top of the stairs and I've stood on the top landing and I'm drenched in sweat. I'm panting and I'm thinking to myself, I'm about to walk in here, meet my new employers. Yeah. And I look like I've just tried to run a marathon. <laughs> I have yeah. been. I've walked up three flights of stairs, maybe 40 steps tops. And like I say, that that was the first sort of embarrassing moment. And then, like like you say, you sort of you think to yourself, am I going to be here in five, ten years for the, for my boy to have his dad around? Or, yeah. you know, God forbid something happened and the weight loss, obviously, well, the weight, sorry, caused a, something that would have been detrimental to me and my health and go the wrong way. Yeah. So you did, you did end up like thinking about like your health or your availability to you know still exist within a few years time. You, you felt it getting that kind of bad. Yeah, I mean the fact that like I said, it was just it was those three floats of stairs. I just think myself, you were what would I have been at the time? So that was five years ago. So yeah, 20, 22, 23 year old. You think yeah. to yourself, you can't be in this state. You shouldn't be in this state. There's no excuse to be in this state. Yeah. So get out of the state before yeah. it's too late, type thing. Yeah. So when, when did you start then actually like proper working, working hard, knuckling down to shift away? So I've always been sort of in and around gyms since the age of 16, but just sort of was always training aimlessly. Didn't really understand it. Never really knew what I was doing. But because I was big, I could shift a good bit of weight from A to B. No form in that, but I could move it, and it looked impressive to see anyone in the gym. And then, like I say, uh, obviously, I've always been big into my rugby. Got to some okay sort of county-level standards at a young age, and then as I got older, as soon as I got to 18, I found cider. That was probably a bit of a a bad one cider the amount of weight that I put on just from drinking there as well and then um, so yeah, Arnie arrived and then that was that was the sort of moment when it clicked and I thought something needs to happen now so yeah. Arnie arrived in 2015 and um, sort of over the first few years of the first initial years of his life I tried everything under the sun all these off the old website diets, the one that I always end up uh, returning to was a keto diet, whether I was doing it properly or not, though I, I don't believe I was. But, yeah. um, 
So yeah, I got down from 28 stone, got down to 24 stone. I think 20, yeah, about 24 stone. And then I just hit that brick wall. Yeah. Didn't know what, didn't know how or what to take it to the next level. And I sort of simmered there for ages. I, I mean, I tried everything. I tried off the shelf um, fat burners, which yeah. obviously, personally, I don't believe they're worth anything. Now that is mine because I've educated myself and obviously other things that we're coming to. But um, I tried steroids. I've literally tried everything, any excuse under the sun. I've yeah. tried taking the it was the easy way. That's essentially yeah. what it was. I tried taking every possible easy route to get to where I needed to be. But, um, so then, like I said, I was simmering around 24, 23, 24 stone. And last March, just as COVID hit, I um, approached a nutritionist. Yeah. That was the only, that was the only thing because I, I know how to train. I've, I've trained long enough. I've trained with people who've, and bodybuilding, I've trained with powerlifters, I've just trained with your general PT, I've trained with a whole array of different people. So I I know different techniques and whatnot. So the only thing I can think of is it must be the nutrition. So last March I approached um some fellow I'm gonna give him a shout out because he is worth everything. Of course. If everyone was there, his name's Chris Lowe, Chris Lowe Nutrition on Instagram. Like uh, he is worth every single penny. So approached him and he made it easy. It was, although you're, it's a nutrition plan, you, naturally people think diet doesn't feel like a diet. You're, yeah. you're eating great food, you're eating cottage pies, you're eating fajitas, you, anything and everything you want, he can tailor make that to you. So you see, I approached him last March at 24 stone. And since then, I've just done nothing but lose, 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 which is obviously what the aim was. And I got down to 17 stone in there. Oh. So that was seven, seven stone, six, seven stone I lost over the year of doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't knock at the door then. I was like, it's not now, not now. Uh, so it's seven stone over how long? A year, do you say? So, yeah, so from last March... To uh, basically this March was seven stone, and then since then we've yeah. Uh, yeah. been maintaining. We've been at a sort of maintenance weight, so I've been simmering from one hundred three point five was the lightest I ever weighed in at. I just sort yeah. of simmering around the one hundred six, one hundred seven now kilos. Wow, yes, yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. This is like pretty speedy time. They say it's mostly like well, good, healthy nutrition, not mm. and you've surpassed that that uh, that peak and that plateau. With good nutrition rather than uh, health shakes, and yeah. uh, did you ever get hit by the the herbalifes or the um, all that, those kind of things? Uh, well, the plus. Fast and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did try. I have tried that like a few years ago, but yeah, it just none of those ever seemed to. It. They work initially. It's yeah, great. This is working, but then, like I said, I just kept hitting that wall and didn't know how to do it to change it and then like I say got a nutritionist and he is sort of not only has he sort of helped you initially he's educating you at the same time yeah so I understand now exactly what I need to eat what sort of carbs calories proteins whatever I need to be eating to be able to achieve my goals now yeah 
So what what is your your end goal then with your your fitness and your weight and stuff like that? So at the moment it was initially it was just to get fit. I mean, I was, when we first went into lockdown, obviously it was all part of furlough. Like everyone, the only thing you could do was run. So yeah. I attempted to do a three k first off. I run out of that whole three kilometers. I probably only run a, a kilometer. I was just physically couldn't physically couldn't do it. Didn't have the stamina. Yeah. Didn't have the you know the cardiovascular fitness to do that. And then all throughout that, I managed to get up to uh, I think ten k was the the biggest I'd done throughout that initial lockdown. Yeah, and um, that was sort of the first goal initially ticked off, and then when sort of lockdown was starting to become lifted, and then rugby then became the main focus to take yeah. myself and my rugby career. I say career very loosely, it's a very amateur level, but um, I just wanted to take that to the best possible level I could for me yeah. at this time for the career I've got left. Been rugby. Do you do you notice like now? Like, did you notice when when it happened that you could suddenly climb three flights of stairs and it not be a, an issue? Did you notice that yeah. change? Yeah. Yeah. Most was, definitely. Uh, I found one of them things uh, a lot of the time uh, when doing like weight loss or fitness things, you sort of forget that you were at like this, and all of a sudden you're oh shit yeah like. My trousers fit, and uh, I've I've just gone up this flight of stairs, and it was a breeze, you know. Because yeah. I, I, I for me, when I when I put on weight, when I lose fitness, because I carry like a tall bag and a ladder, and I have to climb flights of stairs. Is that like you say? You get up the flight of stairs, and you're like, Jesus, <laughs> this shouldn't be that hard, you know. <laughs> um, and that 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 does it a lot a lot of time for me when I start to get uncomfortable, and them simple things like climbing flights of stairs get awful. Um, and that's you know I'm the most I've seen most I've ever weighed about 15 stone I think might have peaked over 16 I don't know I mean, uh, I, I get to a point like now I think I was at 99 kilos February sort of time I was like no no but no I'm not hitting 100 it's not happening and I was yeah. I was being super lazy at the time um, and it, it does like it did for me like affected the way I felt. I had a shitty mood because I was eating crap, loads of sugar, loads of junk. Uh, I don't, didn't really drink. Um, but yeah, all the sugar and junk felt like crap. was always tired. Um, didn't want to get up in the morning. Um, they say that struggle getting up the stairs. And so, but now it's like, right, I did the no sugar diet thing for like three or four weeks, I think, which was a pain in the ass, but um, shifted six kilos. Uh, and I'm down, back down at 93 now. And I'm kind of sort of stuck there now because I'm not yeah. I'm not doing anything like majorly exhaustive exercise wise, but I'm just started doing this uh, 100 miles for May bike ride thing. I'm hoping that'll be the next thing to sort of kickstart that fitness again and shift that extra bit of weight and bring that fitness level back up. Still, I think even though even though the weight went down, the fitness wasn't going up because it was only diet and not exercise. Um, yeah. It's having that focus, isn't it? Having that goal, something to... Yeah, I, I have to have a reason, you know. Um, it'll be like a competition that I need to get fit for. I need to be at X kilos for this competition or whatever. Um, so it'll be that. So I've got to get there, otherwise I don't compete. You yeah. Know? 
I've got to do this, otherwise I don't. Or the whole team's involved and my coach has said I've got to do it, so I must do it. Otherwise, it's just like, what's, what's the point? And I was very much like that at the end of last year. Uh, just bloody miserable and couldn't be bothered to do a damn thing, which is yeah. a great, great place to be. Um, but you, you're, still, you're still training regularly. How many times a week are you, you training at the minute? So, train near enough six times a week. Right. So, I've got four, four gym days and two rugby days over the sort of span. I just have a one rest day, which tends to be a, a Saturday. Wow. Um, that's sort of my training week. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's intense while it's there. But, like I say, it can be anything from just a half an hour, 45-minute workout. As long as the intensity is there, it doesn't need yeah. to be silly three-hour training sessions like <laughs> you do when you're 16 going into the gym. Oh, I've got to get big, so I've got to train for three hours straight. It's just knowing what to do and yeah. getting it done. Getting it done. So you, you've got you got more weight you want to shift off, or you, you're happy now at your weight? So, I'm at a point where I, I want to lose a little bit more. I mean, I would like to see if I can get into a double-digit weight figure rather yeah. than obviously a triple. So I'd like to see if I can get down to a 95. Yeah. But I'm getting an awful lot of comments saying that I do not look healthy with the amount of weight I've already lost. But <laughs> All right. Yeah, people but, say but, that. But is that just because of the difference? I think that is. I think people are... Like, you know, they've always known Luke Dick says he's the big kid, the overweight yeah. kid with the cheeky smile. That's, yeah. That's how, how tall are you, Luke? Is you like uh, six, six, six two, foot something? Six, yeah. So yeah. You, you, you are a big lad anyway. So the weight is always going to be big there, yeah. rugby playing bloke. So, yeah, 95 is probably, yeah, probably about as low as you want to go, isn't it, really, for yourself, I don't know. Probably doesn't help that where I've got such a big head as well. I just look like a lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> but you do. We do, our bodies change so much when when you shift that bit of weight. Like um, the other thing for me recently, I think um, my daughter used her laptop to take a picture of us all as a family in this little front camera here, and she's got it as a her background picture. And my head is so round. What the hell has happened? Like, <laughs> that that's not good. I need to change that. That's one of the yeah. one of the first things that where my weight kind of shifts is off of my face. Thankfully, yeah. I was just looking at that thinking, bloody hell! Like you, that's no, that's not good. And I, I know the camera adds ten pounds, <laughs> but <laughs> shit, there's a good football like poking out the top. Big of old me. moon face on you. Yeah, it, it did. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, I probably got the, well. In fact, I have got the photo somewhere because she she shared it to me. Um, Shared it. Email you the picture of my desktop. So cheers. <laughs> Look at my fat head. Um, you mentioned you mentioned obviously when um, when you were younger, being overweight and knowing it, being bullied and things. Was it was it your weight and things that people picked on, or was it other other areas? Yeah. So it was it was early doors. It was yeah. It was just basically the weight and just how much. Oh, there's the, the big sweaty kids come in. Right. Like I say, right, it was such an effort to walk around and just all of that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, primary school wasn't too bad. I sort of didn't go to a massive primary school, but it was big enough. So there was maybe one or two kids who uh, 
used to try it, but yeah, no, it never. It was never, like I said, it was never a serious form of bullying, but it was. Yeah, enough. It was still bullying, and it was enough that it sort of it stuck with you, know, sort of. Yeah. Sorry, deep down in there, that fire that I've got to lose it is probably, probably the initial fuel that got that fire going. It's probably still that thing that happened to me when I was sort of six, being gripped up to, and you're just a fat sweaty kid. By yeah. another kid at the school, you know. Do you think being talked to like that and sort of like I want to say like kept you wanting to stay that way, but obviously it didn't change till you were much older. But did it it didn't make you want to lose weight at the time, or did it? It, it did. And then the thing is, it thinks it's like I want to lose weight, and then you go and eat an apple or something, then you're like, yeah, I've eaten an apple today. And then you go home and you're like, I'm going to have a bar of chocolate because I've eaten really well today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just, it's just that constant spiral. And then something gets said, oh no, I'm going to make a change. And then it all boils down to it. It was just pure laziness. Yeah. Like, in my head, I kept saying to myself, I want to do it. But obviously deep down, I didn't want to do it. Otherwise, I would have done it. You'd have done it, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's really difficult to actually decide to and stick to making a change, isn't it? Like, there's got yeah. to be there's got to be like real reasons, and like you see, like now being a dad and having that, I've got something else or someone else to live for. I want to be able to run around and play rugby with the kid, you know, all them things that you know. I I was when I was ill last year, my kids would be like, oh, "Can you come on the trampoline?" It's like actually no, I can't because as soon as I do start doing it, I then start coughing up a lung and then I can't breathe and it's just not worth me doing it because the the effects are just not not nice, you know. Yeah. So not being able to play with your kids sucks. Um, but yeah, so I, I, well, obviously I've, I've never got gigantic. I've managed to always sort of keep it under hundred kilos. I get there and I'm like, no, no more, like stop, no more, yeah. no more. But it's pure laziness, isn't it? And you just you just get into that cycle of sitting down, doing nothing chilling out so say especially last year for me well obviously not for you you've done really well in the last year but um sitting down doing nothing nowhere to go all the sports that you love are off and all the places you take the kids like swimming and stuff is off so you just mm. levels of activity you're gone it's because you lost that goal didn't it you lost that yeah you lost that focal point but i'd say i was i was quite ill from march all the way till july so i couldn't really do any exercise for that whole period of time um which sucked and then there's adds to that laziness and uh, eating snacks and goodies because what else are you going to do? I was on, on furlough like yourself sitting home doing bugger all. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't great. But so you see like um, being overweight as a kid and you wanted to change it, how did your parents know that you were getting bullied and wanted to change the way you were? Or? Uh, so uh, I think my mum did. My mum my definitely knew that I had a weight problem. Like I say, at the age of 10, we went to the doctors. I can't remember the exact sort of conversation, but basically the way it came about was he needs to be doing something and he needs to be shifting some weight, which is yeah. sort of, we went to the doctors and the doc, my doctor at the time, he had a son who played for one of the local teams. It was That wasn't the local team that I ended up going to in the end, but, yeah. but that was how I found rugby. Just went along to the local ground and just started doing it that way. So my mum sort of was a big instigator in sort of probably starting 
the weight loss journey for me at the age of 10. Yeah. And then, yeah, so my, my dad probably, he probably did know, but uh, as a bloke, he, uh, he's not very good at talking about his emotions. So, no. Yeah, he never really sort of opened up with my dad about it. But um, yeah. yeah, my mum definitely, yeah, she, she knew. Was your dad a bigger fellow when you were younger as well? No, my dad's always, uh, I, get, I get the size from my mum. My dad was, uh, although he's uh, got a bit of a beer belly on him, that's uh, through obviously his own choice, but he he, he, he was quite lean, obviously, especially yeah. when he was younger. He was, uh, he, he's the lean one of the, of the Dick's clan, shall we say. <laughs> Not so much to look at now, mind, but yeah. <laughs> it's gone from being a lean dick to a chunky dick. Yeah, <laughs> they're called a chode, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Short, chunky one. Uh, um, I was curious though. Um, I wonder whether you, when you found that bit of success with rugby because of your size, I get to get the ball, run through the crowd. That enjoyment of scoring the tries, making or knocking people out the fucking way, making tackles or whatever. Did that halt you wanting to shift weight? Uh, I think maybe, yeah, it did to a point. I mean, like I say, so I was always the big kid and probably up to the age of sort of like 16, 17, I was always towering amongst, above everyone, which just give me the ball when I could just trundle with about four or five players hanging off me and I'm just still just walking along as if they're not there. Yeah. And then sort of you get to 16 and 17, everyone else is caught up. Yeah, they're a lot fitter, they're a lot faster. So right. I sort of had to change my game, I suppose. So I did become a bit leaner at the age of 16, 17. I did get leaner. Um, there wasn't no real sort of... I was, I was still big, but I was lean in comparison to what I had been. Yeah. And then... Uh, tried to change my game, but then I noticed that where I was losing my size, I wasn't as much as the impact player as I used to be. Yeah, yeah. So then when I sort of, I wasn't the golden boy on the pitch anymore, I think the fire for me and rugby at that point started to fizzle out. And then that's yeah. when I, so I lost my focus. I sort of wasn't really interested in rugby because I wasn't the one getting... 101 taps on the back coming off the pitch and if it wasn't for you we wouldn't win the game yeah, yeah so yeah I, lo- I lost my focus from rugby at that, at that point when yeah yeah just liked I liked being in the limelight <laughs> yeah no but but who doesn't and especially as a kid though isn't it? you're getting that 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 boost you know mm. even if it's gone from mild, like mild bullying to do your weight now you're the hero because of your weight and now everyone's caught up and your weight is no longer the advantage. Yeah. So there's like, there's little steps of like impact on your own sort of like thought process, I suppose. It's like, yeah, like I'm smashing the crowd, I'm smashing the crowd. I'm getting all the praise, bring me the trophies. Oh shit. Yeah. You're bigger than me now. And uh, my impact isn't as, as grand anymore. Yeah. Um, I was the complete opposite to you with rugby. I was so small, I had to play for the team two years younger than me. Um, <laughs> is it here? I got a, like, a trophy plaque thing somewhere that is 
under 15's most improved player, I was 16. <laughs> but I was I was struggling a lot of the time when I was playing rugby. A lot of bullying, a lot of loneliness, at like a period of my uh, depression and all that jazz from episode one. Um, yeah. But I I found joy from rugby from smashing the crap into people. Because it's like you want you want to get out of that aggression. You want to be, you know, angry. And it could be uh, all these other people on the field, and just by tackling them, not not violence. But I've I've become known as like this kid who just smashed the crap out of everyone because I just ran as fast as I could into whoever the hell it was. No fear, no worry, and just I'll knock you off the field because you know, that's what I want to do because I'm cross. Um, yeah, I, I used to love it, but yeah, I had a, there was a guy I was telling the kids the other day there was a kid who must have been 14 at the time and the the officials were questioning his age because he had a full-on moustache i'm like i'm the one who's 16 <laughs> he's, like, he's just massive you know he's like oh surely he's too old he's got a moustache i'm like no it's me he's too old but i'm like this small and don't weigh a thing yeah and light as a feather yeah light as a feather fast a bit of aggression but uh but yeah, just so so small playing for a team two years younger than me. Even if people who had found that out, I'd have, they probably I probably would have been embarrassed about that, you know. Yeah. So another thing for people to pick on. Ah, you're so small. You play for a team two years younger than you. <laughs> but see that so that for me didn't help with my friend group because all of those kids were younger than me, so they weren't yes, even yeah, like yeah. I've can't hang out with them at school. The kids and I'm like. Yeah. I'm nearly out of school. I'm a big boy. So you're, you're, the start of your rugby career sounds the total opposite. I was playing two years older than the old school, school's rugby team. So it's, yeah. so well, it's great. You, You've played with all these older kids and they're like... Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. yeah no, complete, complete opposite. I was... If I'd have... When, when they eventually my age team asked me to come play for them, I was just like, nah, I'll get killed. <laughs> no, it's all right. <laughs> I've got, no more rugby for me. I'm done. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. we'll box that and put it away. Yeah, that's this part part of history. I thought I thoroughly enjoyed it at the time. It was a good outlet and uh, it was a lot of fun. But, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm done with rugby. It's all uh, all jujitsu now. Um, but yeah, so okay, we, there's obviously this this one little bit of uh, your history and your past that um, I'm aware of, as we are related in a way. Yeah, somehow. Um, <laughs> so let, let's talk obviously let's we'll get into um, talking about losing your mum if that's alright yeah no that's fine yeah, yeah. Um, so you see you were 15 so just before your 16th birthday weren't you? yeah so um, it was the 15th of September my mum passed it was uh, 11 days before my 16th yeah so <sighs> I don't really remember too much of the lead up. I just know it was awfully fast the way it came about and the way yeah. it happened. And yeah, it was, it was odd. It, it really was odd. But then at the end of the day, I was 15. I've got a yeah. younger brother. I've, I've got a younger sister. I mean, my sister was 11. Yeah. You know, like, I, yeah, I've been for it. I'm 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 still dealing with it to this day. Yeah, you know, it's it's going to be with you for however long. 
like I look at it and I, I take my hat off to my brother, I take my hat off to my sister because they were they were younger than me and they're still yeah, they they've got their downfalls as we all do, but yeah, you know, they they're still coming through it as well. So I probably I don't even know what I'm saying now. I think I'm just <laughs> waffling, but but yeah, no. Do you say you, you still deal with it? Is it something that um, just like shows it's really, really like rears its ugly head every now and then? Just sort of like just little plinks at the back of the head, just reminders. Yeah, it could be anything. Simple, like obviously, you get Mother's Day come along, and then yeah. you sort of you think to yourself, ah, what would what would I be doing if she was still here? Type thing. It could be little yeah. triggers like that. Something about when like when her birthday comes around. Sort of your family occasions, my birthday, Christmases, just all the sort of the typical holidays, shall we say? Yeah, all the important or, days. Or on a day-to-day thing, you know, like growing up, my dad obviously no thought of his own. He, he he was always working. You know, he was the he was the breadwinner of the family, so he was sort of absent to where he was never like truly absent, but like our. My my brother and my sister's relationship was more so with my mum, yeah. Obviously, my dad. So, and then like you get those days where you think oh, I'd like to just offload to her right now, but obviously you can't for she's not here. But yeah, yeah. So did you did you like uh, pull up your socks at that point when you was all kids and like become the sort of man of the house, as it were? And uh... I think I did. I mean, like I say how I dealt with it in my head is probably different to how someone else from the outside looking in would describe it maybe but I feel like when it happened I was the sort of I was the big brave brother who you know done it well done everything from my brother and sister in my to the best of my capabilities yeah now there was probably things that I've done that was wrong as we all do um but yeah, no, I like to think that it made me grow up and yeah. grow up overnight type thing. There was no sort of, I don't, I don't really know what I'm trying to say here, but yeah, no, I had to grow up fast because of it, basically. Yeah. Your dad is should like back out of work. You got to like make dinners and things like that. Do you have to prepare their lunch and stuff for that? Because or... um, uh, initially I took, a bit of time off from school. I just started year 11 at the time that it happened. So yeah. I took some time off, I think, to um, help out with my dad and obviously funerals and stuff. And my brother and sister went back to school fairly quickly. I think it was just good for them to get a bit of focus and try and get a bit of a normality. So yeah. I, I can't recall the finer details, like obviously cooking the dinners and that, but... I know for a fact that I would have been doing something that my mum would have obviously been doing prior to obviously yeah. her, her passing. Do you think um, like de- dealing with any of that would have had any extra effect on your like on your weight at the time? You, you um, stop stop working on it or so I'd say six fifteen, sixteen, I was probably sort of I was fairly fit because that was probably the height of my sort of rugby career at that point. Yeah. So I think to be fair, it was around that time of her passing and that 
that was when the the love for rugby probably fizzled out. I mean, yeah. As much as it, you know, I don't like to. It it was the perfect excuse. Yeah. Not that I ever used it as an excuse, but it was the perfect excuse to not do something that was hard, not do something that I didn't want to do. Yeah. Just, just play that trump card, and like I say. There was times that I probably did play the trump card in the wrong circumstances. I hate myself now looking back at it for doing that. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, when you're that young, you're immature, you're just, yeah, you yeah. play the cards that are dealt, I suppose. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, it's hard sometimes looking back at some of the decisions you could have you could have or did make and think, like, probably shouldn't have done that. But at the time, even as an adult, you know, we do all the time. You know, you've got to make mistakes. That's so, how... How we learn from things, isn't it? We, we've got to fuck it up sometimes. Um, yeah. Um, so, how do you find you ended up like dealing with it? Is there a way that you sort of put it to the back of your mind? Did you take on any other kind of hobbies or uh, things like that to sort of deal with? No. So, um, like I said, I, I am still dealing with it, even still to this day. I mean, the way I went about the whole situation initially probably wasn't the right way. I'd never actually said bye to my mum properly. Yeah. Because I was very much sort of the child that's I was thinking to myself, if I don't say it, it's never gonna happen. Type thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that happened and then I sort of I just went aimlessly. I sort of I'd try a bit of rugby. Like I tried going back to rugby, couldn't really be asked, didn't really have the focus go to the gym or just train aimlessly. So I sort of, I did lose my way with obviously focusing on myself, I suppose. I just, yeah. Yeah, I didn't really know what to do or where to go. Yeah. Yeah, she was always the one that was sort of pushing in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. So, yeah, so you're a bit, obviously a bit lost for a while and you're still dealing with it now. You're... Being in the gym, is that your your place, your sanctuary? You know, you, the only thing that you you have to keep you elevated now? Yeah, no. So, um, well, that and rugby now, funnily enough. So, yeah. I mean, it was always the gym. I always used to, I mean, maybe five, five years ago, four or five years ago, I used to go to one of these dark and dingy gyms. You walk in there. There's blood on the walls. It smells of protein <laughs> fart. You know, it used to be like <laughs> just one of those gyms that yeah. not many people like going to. But yeah. if you like going to it, it's the best place around. So yeah. that was sort of my release. You walk in there and you just hear a load of, well, you smell a load of testosterone and uh, just got a banging metal at each other, banging metal. Yeah, it's just that was my release for many years, and but it probably wasn't a good release. It made, it made me, you know, do some bad decisions. Like, like I was saying, I associated myself with steroids, trying yeah. to take the easy route. And obviously not, not all of those sort of environments are associated with that. I will say that, but definitely the environments that I was in was sort of pushing me in the uh, areas of, steroid abuse and drugs and stuff like that so I don't really know how I've ended up there but we've ended up there <laughs> <laughs> well again but this, 
this is what happens half the time when we get talking, just things just fall out sometimes. You you recall certain events, you know, or you 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 question certain things that you did because you end up talking about it. Because if you don't ever have these conversations, you don't ever answer the questions. Do you know mm. what I mean? Uh, um you know, like, like I'm still at the minute trying to get hold of the kid who punched me in the face and, you know, started my whole downturn. Um, I sort of sent him an email the other day, like, look, I, did a, I assume you're the right person I'm trying to get hold of, but there's a favour, shoot me a message back because I, I want to make sure that my memory is either how it was or know what happened. Like, was I being yeah. a dick? You know, I've said it a few times now, but, you know, was it that I was being a dick that caused him to punch me in the face? I don't remember. The bit that I remember is everything was kind of normal and fun and silly, and then all of a sudden it wasn't, you know? And mm. I kind of, yeah, I'm holding no grudges now, but I did for a long time. Um, I sort of say, see him in the pub and just be like, Yeah. <laughs> not going to talk to you. Arsehole ruined my life. Um, but... Um, but now I just want to know, you know, I just want to happily talk to him. I've got no grudges to bear with anyone anymore, you know. I bumped into a lot of people as an adult who I saw who were a bunch of arseholes as kids. And thankfully, quite a few of them still seem like arseholes now. And it's like, well, yeah, it's no great loss losing these people, was it really? Because you, you're, yeah. you're just a dickhead. Um, you were then as well. And that's the thing, thinking back to how they behaved back then, not really the type of people you really want to associate with, but you, but you were. Um, but it helped, certainly helped me to realise seeing him as an adult, thinking, yeah, you're just as much of a dickhead as a kid, actually. And it's, that's helped clear up my mind a lot, which has been really good for me, which is, again, why I started doing this, just like, to, to have conversations with people and hope it might help them realise certain things about their situation, you know, that they haven't maybe answered or considered Um I hope that I managed to do that a few times. Um, I think it's like a, it's a level of acceptance, isn't it? Once you've, once you've learned of whatever's going on within you or whatever, and you learn to accept it, I think that's when you can become more free to, to open up and help other people. And, yeah. You know, like you say, like, like your podcast does, you talk about people's issues, whatever they may be, the whole variety, a whole array of stuff. And, like, like I said to you prior to this, like some of the stuff that you've gone over with previous people over the previous weeks, it's associated with me that the circumstances that they've had to go through to get there, yeah, you know, not equivalent to mine in the slightest, but sort of the feeling and the emotion that's within there, and just you know, it just helps you accept that the way you are, the way you're feeling at that one time, you know, it is okay. To sort of yeah. accept that we all go through it, I suppose. But yeah. Yeah. And I think there is, you know, we all do go through some things. I don't think any one life is perfect, you know, without analyzing certain things. People might think, oh, yeah, I've had everything. Everything was handed to me on a plate. Life's been glorious. But in that, were you missing this? Or, you know, did this occur? Or did you have less friends? Or, did, Pete, did your friends mistreat you because you had everything? You know, there's always, there's always another something that you might not have necessarily realised until you sort of dig into it. But, yeah, so many sort of stories, like you said, the emotional side of it, are relatable in some way. Yeah, as kids, we're so 
yeah, emotional and hormonal and things uh, things occur and we don't necessarily know how to deal with them or and stuff at the time. Now as adults, and especially again being kids, sort of helps you open up and sort of think about like how things could have been different and hoping they don't go through similar situations and trying to be there for them, knowing full well that there'll be things that they won't share with me um, yeah. until maybe later, which is a shame. Um, but that's how that's how we are as kids, isn't it? You know, you get insecure and you get hormonal and you worry and you you hide stuff because certain things seem embarrassing. You know? Yeah, uh, I'm scared to go to school. It sounds stupid to say, but it's true. You know, I hope if that's ever the case with my kids, they'll be honest about it. We shall see. We shall see. <laughs> you know. I think primary school is not too terrible, as I say. I think it's when when you get to a senior school and you've got these separations of cliques and different groups and things where your differences start to get pointed out. As kids, yeah. everyone's still just busy having fun. And then, then you get to secondary school and things start More aware of your personal image, don't you, I suppose? Yeah, well, I think there's a lot more people, isn't there? You know, you go to a, a local secondary school, you've got, like, however many years of kids and... Five thousand kids at the school, where you just come from, you know, ten classes of thirty people, um, to this giant place for tons and tons of people who are all judgmental, hormonal little bastards. See, <laughs> 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 uh, so you've you, you been? Did you get to the gym today? Yeah, yeah, been there this morning. I've uh, yeah. done a bit of deadlifts, and uh, I, th- I think I may have a. Uh, Tweaked my back ever so slightly, you know. So obviously, going went to a new gym this morning, yeah. trying to impress. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, good good session though. So yeah, got got one in. Yeah, good. I was I was listening to something funny actually the other day. Well, I think I heard it a long time ago. It was highlighted again the other day. There was a powerlifter guy who was saying. If you don't, if you're not a power lifter, and if you're not like a like competitive lifter, don't do deadlifts. So there's the, the risk to reward ratio is so low. Yeah. Just don't fucking just don't do it. There's no point. But you know, do it. Well. <laughs> normally I do the the old uh, the hex bar. Normally yeah. stand in the middle and the the hand yeah. either side. Yeah. Yeah. But today I went attempted it on the straight and. Uh, yeah, no. So a few uh, years ago now, uh, I dropped the weight on my leg. Yeah. And it's sort of like nearly cheese wide through the muscle and it all become inflamed. And like you had to, I had to keep draining the liquid off of it and everything. So nice. I've always had a, since then, I've always had a phobia of doing deadlift. So uh, today was the first time in a long time I've probably done them. Yeah. But, yeah. That's possibly why then you, uh, you slightly tweaked yourself because you were nervous. <laughs> nervous, scared, and yeah. 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 <laughs> oh dear. So what's you say you you got your got an ideal weight? Have you got anything like fitness wise that you want to be able to achieve? You want to kind of do an Ironman or run a marathon, triathlons, anything like that? Yeah. So like running's never never been a big part of my life yeah i can't um, remember shit. Obviously, it's horrendous isn't it but yeah so when lockdown came around obviously the only thing i could do was run so 
I managed to get up to 10k throughout that and I was sort of enjoying it and I dabbled with the idea of doing a 10k. Um, and then the other week I'd done, I think it was about 21 kilometers, which is near enough a half marathon. Yeah. So I'm sort of, I'm dabbling with the idea. I haven't got any true focus on the, the fitness front at the moment. I mean, like I say, it's just uh, to improve my sort of quality of rugby for the last sort of few years that I've got left to be able to play at the best level I can. Yeah. So, uh, which I think I'm sort of, I'm simmering at the right level now. I can, I can run the length of a rugby pitch without getting absolutely blown out my ass now. So. <laughs> There you go. That's that's, that's, that's one sign. of one achievement. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You what one achievement running one end to the other. Um <laughs> what what uh, you say obviously you, you still deal with um you know the loss of your mum and stuff now. What do you do to kind of work through that? Anything you specifically have to do? So I mean it can be something simple like I can just sit there and stare at a photo of her. Yeah. Just obviously, you know, have my own thoughts. Another one is I'll just go up to the grave and just, you know, sit down next to the gravestone. Sometimes yeah. I may talk to the gravestone, which probably looks quite weird to anyone passing by, but, you know, it's, that's my way of offloading, let's say. So, yeah, they're, they're my two main ways. Yeah. Do you, yeah. you, do you download often or do you, is it rare that you have to go do that? Um, sort of, there's no real sort of frequency to it. Like yeah. some, some months I could, I'd have to go out there every weekend. Yeah. You know, sometimes it could be a good six month stint where I won't have to. It's, it's literally, I do it as much or as little as often as I need to. Yeah. Have you ever had to, felt the need to speak to like professionals about it, or you've managed to sort of manage yeah, your own? No, well, I, I have spoken to like the Samaritans on the phone, not necessarily yeah. just to do with um, the loss of my mum. Yeah. Uh, just my mental health in, in general, I think. There's okay. times you need to offload, but you can't. Sometimes it's easier to offload to a stranger. Yeah, it's to flow to someone who's sort of associated with your life because, I mean, the way I look at it, I don't know if it's the way other people do, but I don't want to tell someone close to me some things because I'm scared of the way they may judge or act around me when they know that. Yeah. So sometimes it's easy just to say it to someone who's totally impartial, you're never ever going to see. Yeah. And then once it's off your chest, it's, it's off, it's out, and you feel a lot lighter because of it. Yeah. What kind of what kind of things cause you to speak to the Samaritans? Um, to be fair, like the, the the COVID stuff recently has been sort of hard because I've not been able to see my son properly due to obviously yeah. some health issues with his mum. So there's been a few times that's sort of played a part. Uh, obviously, my mum's another big issue, and then I suppose the last one was um, like the way I personally felt about myself prior to the weight loss. There yeah. was a lot of times you just think to yourself, well, there's all the negative. Hello. Oh, no. What's happened? 
You're frozen. If you could. Oh, no. Hello. Hello, you've you come back. back. Well, how? Uh, that's the first time that's ever happened. First time that's ever happened, that. Towards the technology. <laughs> yeah. I've had, a, I've had a few quirks with the tech, like, so running out of memory, not plugging the camera in. Um, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a, a definite learning process doing this whole thing. Um, mm. Like I say, even, even the lighting in is, is different to like the office, so it doesn't help that I wear a hat, but you know, the hair is not, it's, 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 it's not on point at the minute. I can't really comment. I don't know if you can see it too much. I, in that, yeah, but, I can. But oh. the thing, the thing with your curls, at least they sort of stay in a place. Like right? this is just all <laughs> kinds of disaster. Yeah, I'm going for the uh, mullet at the moment. Mullet with a top knot. That's what I'm after. Yeah, no, I, I, my wife took the piss out of me a couple of years ago, saying, "Hey, you can have a top knot." I'm like, really not going to have a top knot. But I just like this long messy hair i don't even know why it's a pain in the ass to deal with just <laughs> why why have long hair you have to comb it and style it every morning like yeah. i can't wear a hat to work well i could wear a hard hat if i wanted to but it'd be a bit stupid sometimes yeah but yeah it's uh but yeah so yeah we're wearing a hat wearing a hat whilst doing this isn't always the best you have the lighting right you know Light you up, like you say, all the all the angles, get all showed <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, have you have you spoken to the Samaritans recently at all? Uh, last time I probably made a phone call to him was a month ago, six weeks ago. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've got some stuff going on at the moment. I can't actually talk about right now. Okay. I mean, I'll maybe I'll maybe offload to you when you're not when I see that record sign's not in the corner. <laughs> but yeah, no. So um, but yeah, no. So I've had some stuff going on at the moment, and it just yeah. sort of it brings back. I, I I have noticed a bit of a trend that when something negative in my life happens, yeah, it's like when you see that puddle, the puddle, all the water's nice and settled. Yeah. And as soon as you stepped in that puddle, all the dirt at the bottom starts like, you know, coming up and it all becomes cloudy. And when something starts negative starts happening, that it's sort of it starts then bringing up all these old feelings, old emotions, dark places yeah. that have been in the past. Yeah. So um yeah, probably about a month ago I I, I did have to make a phone call. Like I say, once I'd made that phone call. I did feel a lot better. Yeah. Um, what what instigated your, your initial like? Was somebody advised you to talk to him, or is it something you sort of just realised that you could do? No. So probably eight to twelve weeks ago, um, I was in a really really low dark place, and yeah, I I didn't I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to talk to. So. The only thing I could think of was speak to my HR woman at work. She's the most genuine, loveliest woman anyone could ever ask for. Yeah. I suppose she has to because of her job role. But so I just rang her up one day and I just said, like, Jan, I don't know what to do. I need to do something. 
but I don't know what. And she sent me some link, and I think it was like off the NHS website, and it's got an A to Z of just numbers for different reasons that you can call. Yeah. And like I say, the one that she sort of recommended was Samaritans, and that is the one I've gone to, yeah. you know. So you found them helpful. Yeah, yeah, no, I have definitely found it helpful, yeah. yeah see, I've I've never never I have never spoke to a professional or anybody about anything I've dealt with ever. It's probably probably be a wise idea that I should have at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this is now my therapy, just talking to people, you know. Um yeah. so it's helped me a ton. And I think I don't know whether so I say it quite frequently actually, but I don't know whether people do genuinely not realise it. It really it helps me. You know, I, yeah. it helps me to remember parts of my story and just just to share all the shit that I went through, you know, it's again realizing you you're not alone. Other people have gone through some shit and other people have gone through some worse shit. Like uh Marty, uh his story a few weeks ago, you know, that for me sucked, knowing that he was at my house feeling unsure about what could occur in his friend's house you know mm. that made me feel like oh, shit man like, I put you in this awful position when you were feeling so shit I never would have known and so that was crap like it's obviously a lot worse for him but hearing that back was like oh fucking hell like you know I never realised this was going on for one and then I put you in that position in my own house and whoo but yeah yeah. Maybe I should speak to some hours. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I suppose next, next time next time I ever have any any issues that I think need dealing with, maybe uh, maybe I will try something like that, see so get a different perspective, you know. Yeah, I think like I, said, I think the reason why I personally find it easier to talk to someone totally because I'm very much like I don't I don't I don't like people knowing my dirt, I suppose, is probably yeah. the best way to put it. And because, like, as, as shit as it is, it's a dog-eat-dog world. And I feel if someone knows my weakness, whether that's, you know, the person who's meant to truly be there, know you and love you non-stop, there's always that chance that something can go wrong. Something yeah. can be flipped on its head. So I just, I suppose it's a, it's a security thing for me that, if no one knows the true, like what is going on, they can never use it against me. So that's why that's why I personally find it easy to unload to someone who's totally impartial. Yeah, and no, I completely understand it. Even like that, that having that thought in your head that somebody might be out to get you, who's in your circle, hmm. that that must feel horrible. You know? Yeah. There's got to be there's got to be a way somehow to work around that. Because that itself doesn't sound helpful, if you know what I mean. Think of it. Yeah, somebody could get one up on you because of something, some emotion you're having. Yeah. That yeah, uh... sounds like that thought or a feeling would suck. Uh, yeah, it's like I said, I think that's why I get into these dark places because I feel I always describe myself as a lone wolf. Like, yeah. although I'm associated with team sports, you know, I have got, I've got loads of people, you know, acquaintances that I can talk to. I would never class, you know, 
only a very select few on this planet that I probably would say are true friends. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I don't. I think I've, I've sort of lost where I was going with that. But <laughs> yeah, no. So I've always been associated with team sports and you know a load of people, but I, I'm very much a lone wolf. So yeah, I like to keep myself to myself. Yeah. But especially for the deep dark stuff or the the sort of deep emotions that you know could potentially be manipulated yeah yeah i should say i just it's it sounds to me to be very sad that you think people could do something like that to you do you know what i mean mm. unfortunately like an unfortunate feeling to have um yeah i understand it um but yeah it's a, a, an unfortunate feeling to to have to have but yeah, as I said, said before, I said to many people, obviously, you know, not necessarily now while this is recorded, but you can talk to me anytime. Um, I'm, a, I'm a set of ears, a non-judgmental ears that, you know, tries to highlight some alternative perspectives. I mean, I haven't got a clue what the fuck I'm talking about most of the time. <laughs> just, just, just start and like, listen and offer, offer an alternative thought on some stuff. Um, mm. but uh, but yeah, no, I, I appreciate the things that you have opened up about. Uh, we can obviously have a, can, a talk afterwards if you want to, that's perfectly fine as well. Um, but I look forward to like seeing where, where this weight loss goes as well. And then you know, with your fitness and keeping an eye on your, your progress with your rugby and whatnot, it's, it's been great to see like having seen not seen you for a long time and then seen all that weight loss and be like, fuck it out. That's cool. Um, so I can't wait for this COVID stuff to do one and then uh, we can all have another have, meet up. have to have a reason for me to come down and get really, really drunk and make an absolute prat out of myself like normal. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, again, it's, it's obviously a long time between when we do get together anyway because of the bloody mm. distance, you know, but yeah, definitely we'll after, I think, giant mass celebrations when we can travel so I don't travel I just drove to Somerset for half an hour's worth of work you know yeah so that's, that was that was what really got me in the last the last bit of lockdown was like I'm driving all over the bloody place for work going in hospitals mental health suites houses all of this jazz seeing all these people driving all over the bloody country say all over the country that's not necessarily true um, but I can't take my kids swimming to the park or to the cinema do any of the cool shit they like to do yeah. I can't I can't go to jujitsu but I can go to a building full of people in offices and hospitals and, and it's alright you know, it's, it's weird that's where it got me last time but, um, but anyway I've been over that enough times probably most episodes <laughs> 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 that's all I've got going on at the minute is work and same with everybody, is work and nothing because you can't go anywhere. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah no, say, I appreciate you opening up, mate. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, and yeah, if there's any anyone you do want to shout out, like your nutritionist again, give him props and all the details and any singular bit of advice you could give to anyone who might be struggling um, with their thoughts and with their emotions. Yeah, no, so obviously, nutritionist wise, Chris Lowe Nutrition, find him on Instagram. He's a, he's Wasps, the Wasps Rugby Club, which is a premiership team. 
for those who you don't know rugby. But um, so yeah, he's their nutritionist as well. But he is worth every single penny, and he will help you achieve your goals. So I'll give him the biggest shout. I like to say he's uh, transformed my life from one place to a, definitely an awful better place. I suppose just to uh, anyone who is struggling with it, just as hard as it is, stick with it because it will get easier. You know, whether that's just through acceptance of it or whether that's through improvement, it will definitely get easier. Yeah. I I don't really know what else to say other than that. No, as I say, a big prop to you, you nutritionist, and to the, the Samaritans on the phone as well. Um, so yeah, speak speak to somebody. Obviously, if you can't speak to those around you, speak to somebody. You know, offload offloading is good. Um, but I look forward to seeing you again sometime soon, Luke. Uh, getting a beer, as you said, and uh, yeah. say, keeping keeping an eye on that weight loss. So I appreciate you dropping in, and and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, Luke. Thank you very much, mate.